What's up, guys, and welcome to episode 58 of the Yard Podcast. I'm your host, Randy. And I'm your host, Tony. And as always, we've got our producer, Ray, with us. Uh, we've got lots of Dodgers baseball to talk about. Very first, I want to say happy Pride Month to everyone, June 1st. And of course, we've got Father's Day coming up in June. So I need to let you guys know about a Father's Day contest we will actually be doing over at Dodger Yard. Um, we're finishing setting it up, but by the time this this Ooh, podcast. Woo, almost messed all that up. The time this podcast comes out later today, it all should be set up. So go to dodgyr.com, click contest, and you guys will see all the rules, entries, everything going in there. We're giving away quite a few different prizes. So check that out. Um, as for tonight's game, we've got our Dodgers 32 and 22 versus the Cardinals 30 and 24. It is a bullpen game. We have Price on the mound versus Josh Gant. Uh, for Price, he's got a 1-0 record on the season with a 3.31 ERA, and Gant with a 4-3 record and a 1.81 ERA. Uh, Konu, I know you had a little bit about what we could look for or look for from Grant in this one. So if you'll want to let everyone know, yeah. Um, so for for Gant, he's mostly a sinker, changeup, slider. He also has a four seam and curveballs, but he really uses them. So against the right-handed batters, you can expect a majority of sinkers, almost 48%. He's also going to throw a slider and change up to righties, both in the 20 percentile. Um, against the lefties, his sinker goes from 48 to 30%, so a little less for the lefties. And he's going to throw more changeup and more four seam fastballs as well as the slider. So he'll throw more pitches against the lefties and use them more frequent or use them. Uh, so, so he can better, you know, move around the, the zone for those uh, for the lefties. So, I, I expect him to. He's he's actually more unpredictable versus lefties than he is versus righties, where you kind of know what you're going to get. Where lefties, it can be either way. So, it should be a pretty good matchup for the Dodgers. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, last night, I definitely expected more of a pitching matchup with Flaherty and Bauer on the mound. But uh, hey, we we could see, I guess, some of that from Gantt tonight, but uh, to go over team notes very quickly, since our last recording, the Dodgers have gone three and four, not the greatest, uh, six and four over their last 10. They are in third place, two games back from San Francisco in first, and they still have the third best run differential in baseball. So everything will sort of fall into place. Guys are coming back. Third place, uh, third best record in the national league. Yeah. Crazy. The NL West is just tearing <laughs> it up right now. Uh, three best teams in the NL up there doing their thing. So uh, we went into SF and swept them they came to LA and took a three out of four so I, I will say I kind of didn't expect the Giants to be holding on this deep into the season uh, I know it's two months but I st still didn't expect it um, but oh I was expecting it until the second half when they will undoubtedly falter yeah uh, but then again who knows At this I'm point, waiting to see keep going I'm waiting to see what Farhan does. If you sell off a lot of those rental pieces, because I just don't know. He should. Like, yeah, he should. Because a lot of them are just one year guys. Like, what are you going to do with those one years? You could build up for the future and get ready to I go. I mean, you keep Posey, but you should probably trade like Longorian and maybe and, Wood. Yeah, Wood. I think I think Disclafani is on a one year. They've that got too. A, a couple of their arms are Kevin like. Kevin Gossman, maybe keep. But then again, I don't know. You could probably get, because he's pitching really well, you could probably get a, quite a haul for him. So, I mean, Farhan's a smart dude. We He's been here, so we know how smart he is. He should definitely sell off. I mean, we thought he should sell off last year, and he didn't. And they almost got to the playoffs, so who knows? Yeah, that's stupid playoffs, though, last year. So, But, yeah, I mean, hey, I, I will say this. It's always more fun when the Giants are good. Granted, the Padres are very good, too, so it's like, damn, we're, like, really competing over here in the NLS. But it definitely makes the rivalry a lot more fun. And, um 
let's jump into the game since we're talking about rivalry I guess the Astros aren't your true rival with the Dodgers but of course with that history we all know how that went um Tuesday night we saw Kershaw versus Granky, which I felt like kind of made it even more fun um <laughs> I did want to point out really quickly I don't know if you saw Joe Kelly's comments before the games but I just I thought it was funny so um he Joe Kelly is kind of considered on the face of the anger towards the Astros because he threw behind Correa Bregman all that stuff last year and as we all know a lot of people were questioning why does Kelly care about the Astros well because the Astros knocked the Red Sox out of the playoffs in 2017 Kelly was on that team it did affect him as well um but his quote before the game was I mean just being real people are sort of fake nowadays so a lot of people that talk shit online wouldn't do it in person they usually hide behind the computer but whatever people be bitches and you know what um he's not wrong because there are so many fans who sit on twitter and run their mouths about these players and then are absolutely the first people in line when they can be getting an autograph from these guys at games i'd say that riverside blood just flows through joe kelly oh yeah yeah joe kelly joe kelly does not care that dude's like ready to go out there and scrap at all times and he's like you know what i'm just he's gonna say it for what it is and i, I respect it uh but according he, to Astros fans, he ran away from Correa. Yeah, no, that's Correa's not running from, or not Correa. Kelly's not running from anyone, let alone freaking yeah. Correa. Like I, I've seen yeah. that dude do his boxing videos. Kelly's not, Kelly's not running from Correa. I could promise you that right now. Uh, but back into that actual game, Kershaw. Oh my God, a hell of a performance. He came out with the W to put his record up to seven and three on the year. Seven and two thirds innings pitch, four hits, one run. Uh, one earned, no walks, six strikeouts. And what's crazy is he did it on 81 pitches. Um, I, I want to get into Kershaw's performance because that was one of the most impressive things I've ever seen. Uh, it was also the first time he was pitching at Minute Maid Park since game five of the 2017 World Series, which we all know was a disaster and we all know why zero swings and misses on breaking balls. Yeah, funny how uh, they- if That could... doesn't tell you something. My goodness. Like they, they were definitely swinging and missing, uh, in, in this series. And it was, it was Kershaw's longest regular season outing since August 25th of 2018. And the thing is, is he could have continued to pitch, but he said he had a hard time staying loose because we had that long top of the eighth inning, uh, by the offense where they were scoring. So Kershaw just went out there, had a hard time staying loose, could have kept going. He didn't. Um, I don't know if you noticed, but when they pulled Kershaw out, for, they pulled him out with two outs in the eighth inning and they brought in Kelly to face Altuve. And like, I thought this was hilarious because I, I, I don't even know if Roberts would know this, but to make it even funnier, they pull Kershaw out. He gets a standing ovation because there's a ton of Dodger fans there, which I kind of liked because last time he was there, obviously things went very different. And I kind of liked that Roberts gave Kershaw the chance to get this standing ovation from the Dodger fan base. That was clearly there. It was clearly loud. There was a lot of Dodger blue behind that home dugout. But he brought in Kelly to face Altuve with two outs in the bottom of the eighth. And Kelly, uh, being the professional troll that he is, came in for one batter and ended Altuve's 17-game hitting streak. Uh, came into the game just for that. And I thought it was hilarious, just all things considering, like, why were we even bringing Kelly into this game? It was 8-1 to one at that point. There was no need. Well, Kelly does need work, honestly. If we're, yeah. if we're being honest, he needs work. He so does. I, I, I don't but, think Roberts is that kind of person. He's just kind of like, okay, Kelly needs to work out there. Oh, I don't either. I just think it's funny. And if how, you blow up, then we have a seven run cushion. 
Yeah. I just think it's funny that he does it with two outs in the eighth. And then he doesn't even bring him back out for the ninth. He's like, here, go throw two or three pitches to Altuve. <laughs> and then we're going to call it a day. And it's just like, bro, you could have brought Bickford out and just left him out. But you're like, no, let me bring Kelly into this series when the Dodgers are winning by a lot. So that way, if he does blow up, it's not a big deal, but also just so I can piss off these Astro fans a little bit more. Um, but that, that was a good game. Um, Turner got, Turner got all of it going. Uh, Mookie, I mean, Granky was doing his thing for the first three innings. He was perfect through yeah. three. Uh, that was a little unfortunate, but he's such a weird pitcher. You are either going to have a game where you go off against him or you kind of go a little slow. And I mean, they did get going. Uh, Mookie had the leadoff walk and Turner followed that up with his uh, eighth home run of the season, putting the Dodgers up. And that was actually the first hit of the game for the Dodgers. And then Taylor did his thing, uh, two run base hit, gave the Dodgers a 4-0 lead, top of the seventh. Uh, Luck scored on that wild pitch. That was a super, super close play at home. Uh, really impressive. He got off the break very quickly the second that ball went in the dirt. So that's yeah. just another part of Lux on the field that I enjoy a lot. He's got the, his baseball IQ is pretty, pretty damn good. He's quick and he does a lot of things out there that you just, you'll see shortstops do, but in some areas, like we've seen, you got the bigger guys at short, kind of like Correa, yeah. Seager, um, but man, Lux can move. I, so I, I did want to mention is that his speed gets brought up a lot and just how like actual fast he is. Uh, and my thing is because he runs so, I don't want to say stupid, but because he runs weird, um, I think he could be a lot faster. So I, I was telling people that um, in the off season, he should, clean up his running mechanics because if he does I promise you he's going to be faster than what he is now and he's damn fast he's got those big old thighs I don't know if that actually has anything to do with it but Lux has a I mean Tyler O'Neill has big ass thighs too yeah. he runs perfectly fine yeah I don't yeah Lux is like it's like it's like that one time when we saw Belly put on all that upper body weight and like he started swinging the bat really weird I'm like maybe Lux just needs a cut a little bit and uh He'll be good, but yeah, 96 percentile sprint speed. Uh, one of the fastest players in the game. So it's working and we've seen it work to the Dodgers advantage more to uh, more than once. Kershaw's only run that he gave up that game was the leadoff home run to freaking Bregman because that stupid ass short wall in left field shouldn't even have counted. Uh, if you want to know something insane, I was actually looking at Bregman's numbers and I'm only saying this because I know nobody likes Bregman. So I think it's funny. But if Bregman played at a normal stadium, uh, that man would have like not many home runs at all. I was looking in 2019 when he had, what was it? In 2019, he had 47 home runs. If he played <laughs> at Kansas City, he would have had 22 home runs on the season. So his numbers would have been cut in more than That's still half. not bad. But it's still pretty good. Oh, it is. I just but got 47, go, but it's still good. But to good. go from 47 to 22, like, I hate that stadium. He, I would, just, li he would likely more, he would likely be a more doubles type yeah. player. Oh, for sure. Run. I just need to make sure everyone knows that that home run against Kershaw probably is not a home run at most places because that stadium is stupid. Um, well, neither was Correa against Bauer, but, yeah. you know, yeah, they, they, Those guys are all, they're, they're doing. Only Altuve's home run would have been a home run everywhere else. Yeah. They're, they're doing their thing at their stupid little stadium. But uh, the, the eighth inning, which is where Kershaw sat for quite some time, uh, that one was pretty good. We had we saw Smith single, Taylor hit by pitch, and then Lux walked to load the bases. Beatty drew a walk to make it a 6-1 to lead. Then Barnes drew a walk. Betts drew a walk. So uh, Dodgers were just taking their pitches. And when you walk, when you draw that many walks in a row, it's 
a hundred percent understandable that Kershaw was not going to be very loose, not to mention the whole light situation uh, where the lights turned on in one of the innings for the Astros at bats and uh, Kershaw just wanted to play. Kershaw didn't care if they had the extra advantage, but uh, the umpires, I guess that's a rule where the lights uh, are not allowed to change in the middle of a half inning. It has to change for both sides. So Kershaw was, was like, dude, I don't care. Like, let's just play. I'm feeling it. And I think at that point, everyone was kind of on the same page. Like yeah, we have such a good, yeah. Like if we didn't care, yeah. just throw the damn ball. Like they can have their extra lights, but umpires waited until they got that going. Uh, like I said, we had Kelly in for the one third of an inning, and then we had Phil Bickford, Bickford into pitch. Um, he did give up a run, but no big deal. He struck out Alvarez and then struck out Correa to end the game. Uh, pretty good game all around. I'm kind of liking what I'm seeing from Bickford. He's showing up, I feel like, a little bit more than I expected him to. Uh, yeah. I, I don't know what I have some things to say about him, but oh, I'm gonna okay. wait until like the giant we get, to, we get into the giant series. Okay. Well, or and that, maybe it was last night. I can't remember. I think it was last night, actually. Never yeah, mind. he did. He did come end. in. Yeah, yeah, he came in last night. Uh, on to the second game. That one, unfortunately, did not go very well for us. Um, Bauer, kind of the same thing that we've seen all season. If, if he gives up home runs, that's really the only way he's given up runs, and that's kind of what happens here. He took the L. He didn't get much run support, which, again, is something I feel like kind of common we've seen with him. Uh he went six innings, gave up four hits, two runs, two earned, four walks, three strikeouts on 100 pitches. He gave up the leadoff home run to Altuve in the first inning. And uh, a really weird, not weird, but a really impressive stat, I think it was Joe Davis mentioned during the game, when he gave up that leadoff home run to Altuve, that was the first time the Dodgers have trailed in a game over the last week, which was really wild to me. Um, that just goes to show how good the pitching's been. Because I feel like the offense hasn't done a whole ton of early scoring. It's been like the later innings so uh the pitching has really really showed up Bauer that game really struggled uh with his command early on he loaded the bases with walks and at 37 pitches luckily only gave up that uh one run there but then I think like you mentioned he gave yeah. up that home run to Correa in the sixth inning as so, well yeah that, that was my thing it was like a really rocky first inning he, he threw 37 pitches yeah okay so then he threw 63 over the next five which is pretty efficient um and that's most people think is efficiency with him um now i mean there were some hard hit balls um minus the home run by correa which would again would have been a no would have been a home run nowhere else so it was still a pretty good game and he was besides the first inning where he really struggled he was really efficient but uh i have more to say about his efficiency his next start yeah and one thing with him is like he had been good uh with the home run because prior to giving up that home run to Altuve, he had gone three straight starts without allowing a home run. So he was starting to kind of cut those back a bit. Then we saw it, whatever, Wednesday night against the Astros. We saw it last night against the Cardinals. Uh, just the home run ball kind of being kind of an issue for him. Um, I was curious, though. I don't know what your thoughts are on this. Just because we know, like, the beatings, long outings can take on a guy. Bauer's previous outing was the 126 outing. Uh, the 126 pitch outing. So I'm wondering if maybe that had some carryover to do considering they've been on the road. So they're traveling. They went from SF to Houston. They're not at their own house. They're sleeping in hotel beds, um, dealing with a lot of bullpen games. Obviously, I think there is a known kind of pressure when Bauer goes to the mound, like, hey, you've got a bullpen game the day after you. We need you to ride out these innings and these pitches so that way we can save our bullpen arms for this bullpen game. And like, I, I'm kind of wondering if that 126 pitch outing uh, 
wasn't part of why he struggled a little bit in that Astros series because that just didn't really uh, seem like him with the command. I least. mean, I mean, maybe, but at least the first inning so, that threw me off. Yeah, the, the first the first inning was the only inning where he really struggled with his command. Other than that, he he was pretty much like really good as far as his command goes. Um, I don't know. Maybe, but at the same time, he I think he takes care of his body and knows more things than a lot of people do. So I'm going to say no. Yeah, he, he definitely uh, knows way more about his body. It's, like I've, I've mentioned this almost every time, but if you're interested in that ch- type of stuff, check out his YouTube uh, channel. He does a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of stuff uh, with technology that kind of really explains what he does before starts, after starts, and recovery. Yeah. And like and you mentioned, the, the pressures of having to pitch longer because of the bullpen game. Maybe it pressured him to actually pitch yesterday. Um, yeah. Otherwise, I don't think he would have pitched yesterday. So, I mean, who knows? Yeah. Well, yeah. With his whole probably not feeling great. So, um, yeah, just not not a gr- not a great game all around for the Dodgers. There, we had Lux with that error. That I mean, kind of six innings, two earned runs is. I'll take it. No, yeah, not Bauer. Just the Dodgers in general. The offense just didn't really offense, have it. That, yeah. Have it that game. Struggled a bit. Lux with his error. Um, that kind of just did not go well in the seventh inning. Led to a little bit more, but um, for the most part, it not not horrible. I was I was happy to take one out of one because, like you had said, I think that was right before they got swept by the Rangers. So I figured they were going to come in and uh, pitching hot. So or not pitching hot, playing hot. So I was I was happy to take split it especially go in there and just blow it out that first game um but then they returned home thursday for that four to start the four game series against the giants and we had a bullpen game uh, with price versus old friend alex wood uh but before that game the dodgers had recalled mitch white and option dennis santana uh i feel like it was about damn time for that to happen dennis santana was very very frustrating to watch I think someone had put the numbers out that like out of the 44 batters he faced he struck out like two um so he just he just wasn't getting it done and so they they Santana said, only struck out two yeah like struck out like two batters out of like 40 something he faced <laughs> um so he just yeah mm-hmm. he wasn't really getting it done but uh Bolton came yeah. got it done when they pitched uh we got a quality start out of them if you add up all of their numbers which is again going at least six innings or giving up less than three earned runs and well they only gave up three runs in the game so they went nine innings uh but offense did their thing, showed up against uh, up against Wood, which was great because we know they all love to suck against left-handed pitching. Uh, Mookie got it started with the two-out triple, and then Turner brought him home with a two-run home run. It was his second in three games, so nice to see Turner kind of start heating up. They gave the Dodgers an early 2-0 lead. Uh, Kelly came in to pitch that game as well with two outs, and Longoria came in, had a solo home run, got the Giants on the board. Uh, DJ Peters then came and did his thing in the fifth inning. He had his first career home run. So congrats to Peters, put the Dodgers on top three to one. Uh, then again, this one just kind of kept going back and forth. It was one of those games that was kind of stressful. Like, damn, we never actually really got too much of a head on anyone. Uh, Gonzalez in the top so of six. Be- before you get too far into it, I want to go back a little bit. Um, was anybody else scared when uh, Pujols hit that double off of Brandon Crawford's glove? Yeah. Yeah, I didn't know when he was riding first. I was like, oh no, he's gonna blow his tire out. Yeah, I didn't. Yeah, that was that was intense. I love it though. I love that he's like that dude's Hopefully, like yeah, yeah, that dude could like have just gone, nah, screw this single, but out of the box, he knew as soon as it went off Crawford. Crawford was not having a hot game uh over there short. 
but he knew right out of the box that he was going for it and hey i respect it dude's not usually when guys get that old they're like screw it i'm not doing any more for my career pulls pulls knows like it as much as he doesn't do anything he's a first battle hall of famer right now yeah and like at the end of the day like he's gonna be on this team until all like even if all the healthy guys come back he could still be here but it's like that dude he's he's not just coming here going hey i'm albert Uh, let me do my thing he's i'm gonna say this he better still be here or i'm gonna have words yeah i don't don't care if he's 200 i love albert pujos yeah, I don't know what's gonna happen. It's gonna be interesting. I if he, I mean, hell, if he keeps hitting the way he is, he's not gonna go anywhere. He's he's sure as hell's producing, especially against left-handed pitchers. He's he's producing more than just about anyone else against damn lefties. So, on this but team. I was thinking, so Pollock and Seager are the only ones missing, right? Yes. They they're usually in the lineup, or so the bench will probably end up being like Pollock, Barnes. My, my guess is Sasugo goes. Yes, that's that one's the the obvious one. And I just don't know who else. Beatty McKinstry is four. Actually, they can get rid of a pitcher because they'll be bringing back Gonsolin and won't need as many bullpen arms. So they could probably keep holes by getting rid because I think right now they have fourteen pitchers. But once Gonsolin comes back, you can send down like Yuseta. You don't need Yuseta. You could get rid yeah. of a bullpen arm and you can let holes keep that spot and keep the extra spot yeah. on the bench. So yeah, never mind. He probably doesn't go anywhere in that case unless like he completely blows up. But I really think him being on this team and a competitive team is totally different than playing for the Angels. I don't see him just like yeah. crashing and burning. I mean, uh, again, we just saw him try to hustle out a double. Yeah. So I, point, move. Yeah, I think he's he's. He's he's feeling he's got that fountain of youth fountain and of also, youth. Also, if, if you just right look now. at the joy on his face in the dugout, it's and the oh, players who are fun. around him, like they seem to be having fun when they're like he has like this aura kind of that gravitates towards him. So uh, he needs to be here. Yeah, it's working. I think it's 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 brought a different spark to the team that seems to be working a lot. So I'm I'm enjoying it. I'm having fun. I'm I love watching him have fun. That has brought me some of the most joy is just watching him go out there and have fun. Cause I was I was very, very like, what the fuck are we doing as soon as they signed him? But I am a hundred percent on board. I love it. He's having fun, the team's having fun, and it is working in our favor. So I am all for it. And even though he grounds into an insane amount of double plays, I'm just trying to find a way to enjoy it even when that happens, because it's part of a he just and, he just needs to lift the ball slightly more yeah. and those ground outs will because he's, he's hitting the ball hard too he's hard, not just yeah. like soft contact like he's having a pretty decent year um but yeah but big fan i think of the polls thing so far both of us working hey uh we'll take it especially against <laughs> the the left-handed pitching uh but back to this one, uh, Gonzalez came in in the top of the sixth to pitch with one out, none on, and Yastrzemski laid down a beautiful bunt base hit, and then Solano tied the game up with a two-run home run. Insanely enough, that home run to Solano was the first home run Victor Gonzalez has given up in his career, which that was his 44th major league game, including playoffs. Um, so I thought that was really wild. Gonzalez has been a complete yeah. stud and I love his story. And Solano was hot all weekend. Yeah. And Solano, yeah. Solano has been hitting the ball well. Um, so not, not a big deal there. Uh, Gonzalez has just been killing it for the Dodgers doing his thing. And he's like 23 or 24. So uh, that's fantastic news there. Um Muncie, Jesus Christ, no one's hitting the ball better than that dude right now. Bottom of the sixth, Solano, or top of the sixth, Solano did his thing. Bottom of the sixth said Muncie, came in, said, no big deal, I've got this. It is 11th home run of the season. Uh, I don't think anyone hates the Giants more than Max Muncie. He gave them a (laughs) 4-3 to win, and they went on to win that game. Uh, Impressive 
by the bullpen there at the end to shut it down and to get through. Uh, Jansen was impressive trying in. Nate Jones came in. They did their thing uh, really quickly from that game. Price, he hit 95 mile per hour three times in the first inning, which was his first time since doing so since July of 2019. Um, so I thought that was big. Love seeing that from him. Uh, he, he's, his arm seems to be kind of feeling it a little bit more. The longer this season goes on, he struggled to start, but he has yeah. been fan fire recently yeah yeah and it's, what do you it's, go two and two-thirds innings five strikeouts no hits and no walks i'll take that every time yep he's he's killing it and for everyone yeah. that keeps asking why price is not a starter it's because he's not stretched out to be he cannot yeah. go four or five innings because if they do that they're risking blowing his arm out and there's just no reason mm-hmm. for that uh gonsolin right. should be back very soon so he missed all last year yeah <laughs> like it's Every single time I post the graphic for a bullpen game and say that price is starting, every single comment is, why is price not in? Why is price not in? Let him pitch longer. And it's my comment is always, he is not stretched out. It is not worth it to push it. We've been dealing with injuries all season. If he gives us two to three innings, be happy. It's good. That's all we need from him. It's the entire point of a bullpen game. Otherwise, he would be a starter. Um, One other note that I wanted to stick out from this, I thought you'd probably find this interesting because I know you like to pay attention to stuff. for pitchers, but choice fielder on Twitter. So this was all prior to this game. So anything that's happened since then, we, I don't have the info for you, but prior to this outing, according to choice fielder, Vessia's in zone with percentage was 72.7%, which was the highest in base- baseball for any pitcher who threw a minimum of a hundred uh, pitches. So basically Vessia just needs to stop walking people and he's going to be pretty damn good. Um, he's walking guys at a 24.4% rate, which is disgusting. That's horrible. Um, I actually had Vessia down. Uh, I'll get to it when you get to that game, but I I, I wrote some things down for him because I was uh, happy with his outing. Yeah. If he stops walking guys, like he's going to be pretty good over nine and two thirds innings this season. He's given up four hits, uh, seven earned runs, three of those home runs and 11 walks to 13 strikeouts. So if, if he gets that walk number down a lot more, um, uh, granted need to get the home run numbers down, but still when you're walking guys and allowing an extra run or two to come across because you're walking a guy before that home run, it makes it a much bigger deal. Solo shot, not that big of a deal. Um, so just a fun note that I kind of saw on Vesia. I know a lot of Dodger fans do not like when he comes into the game, he was traded for Dylan Floro. But uh, I, I think this this kid might have something to him that's worth kind of holding on to and getting excited about uh, once he can find it. He's like 24 with very minimal major league experience. I, th- I think everybody should just relax. Yeah, he's he's definitely one of those guys that if the Dodgers bullpen was healthy, he'd probably developing way more in AAA and should not be at the big right. league level just yet. Uh, so it's hard to put too much into him because, again, it's kind of like Yuseta. It's kind of like Santana, like – I don't know so much about Santana right now, but maybe even Clevenger, like, like the potential is yeah. there, but they need to develop more at AAA before we're actually going to see them be yes. very good big leaguers. Um, on to Friday's game. We had, that was, that was a rough, weird game. Yeah. Uh, not a great one. It was really good from Bueller. Uh, however, he did yeah. not, he got the no decision in that one. He went six innings, three hits, two runs, one earned, three walks, three strikeouts. And he did give up a home run, but went 92 pitches. Uh, really, like I said, pretty solid game all around. Unfortunate in that top of the second inning because Will Smith just, for some reason, pass balls were not his friend uh, in this game. And he kind of let, if he 
doesn't allow that pass ball to happen in the top of the second, then maybe the Giants don't score that first run. Uh, and Bueller keeps it going until the top of the fifth when he gives up a two out home run to Duggar, which put the Giants, well, I guess I should have said Beatty hit that home run in the bottom of the second, but Duggar's two out home run in the fifth had put the Giants on top two to one. So that pass ball from a pass ball by Smith was a little bit rougher there. And then Taylor tied it up with an RBI base hit in the uh, fifth inning. But one thing that did stick out to me about Bueller's outing before we move past that was so the Giants, this was from, I want to say it's Andrew Baggardly. I should have wrote down his name, but he's, I want to say he's a Giants athletic yeah. beat writer. Um, he had pointed out, this is insane. The Giants have 156 at bats against Bueller in his career. And that Steven Duggar home run uh, in the second, sorry, in the fifth inning was the only home run Bueller has ever given up to the Giants ever in his entire career. Uh, so that's pretty wild, especially considering Bueller does give up home run balls quite a bit when you got that much velocity and you, and you pitch high fastballs, you're bound to give up home runs and he's only given up one to the Giants. So uh, that was really cool to see there. Uh, Bueller has also completed six innings or more in 12 consecutive starts, and that includes the playoffs. So love, love, love that we are getting the depth from him because it is kind of something we talk about every year heading into the season. You don't really know what you're going to get with Bueller early on. He's always been kind of a, he's always been a little bit of a slow starter, but this year he's coming out ready to go. So that has been great. Um, unfortunately, trying to not not a great day for him and he's been really good this year so I'm, I'm not going to hold it against him but he came in to pitch in the top of the eighth and hit way and hit Wade to lead the inning off again another pass ball uh from Smith second one from him granted didn't really matter because he ended up giving up a three-run bomb to Posey uh which gave them the lead and I don't want to say put the game away, but at that point started to kind of the, the game got very weird in those last couple innings um it was a ton of fun. It was crazy. I can't believe Barnes out of all people literally came up and hit a three run home run with the game on the line with two outs to tie it up that like, that was that to me, like I literally sat in my room or stood up in my room watching the game for a minute, just with my mouth, like wide open. Cause I was just like, did that actually just happen? Like, there's no way Barnes yeah. just did that. Cause we've been seeing the power. Come out with the game I know. And then it's like, yeah, it, like what a wild a, like chain of events from the top of the eighth, the Dodgers are tied up two two. Then you get Posey three run home run. Then the bottom of the ninth, Barnes three run home run. Then freaking Talkman robs Pujols of a walk off home run, which apparently had Pujols hit that walk off that walk off home run, he would have been tied in baseball for the most walk offs in a player's career. He would have been tied, I think, with Jim Tomey for most career walk offs. So Talkman Talkman Robin history and the win. So that was painful. Yeah, what a um, dickhead. Yeah, that was not fun, especially for a guy who hasn't done anything with his freaking bat, like way to just come in and ruin it for us. But uh, top of the so, 10 or go ahead. Oh, yeah, I forgot the game was over. Sorry. Go no, ahead. no, you're good. It's not like there's anything exciting to talk about. All I was going to say was Jansen into pitch the top of the 10, that stupid second bait runner. I hate it. It's dumb. Wade got a one out base hit. Well, it wasn't that wasn't the only run. though. No, it wasn't, but I still think it's dumb because I still think it gets pitchers oh, riled. It, it still gets yeah. pitchers riled up and it still stresses them out. And you still know Jance is out there being pissed off. Like what the hell, dude? But it gives out a one out RBI base hit. Um it, yeah, it, it may not have mattered because he then walked oh, to Yastrzemski. 
But also at the same time, if Betts had been in right field, it's likely Longoria doesn't get the double because Noisy had no idea what the hell he was doing. Yeah, it was all spun around out there. Um, yeah, it was it was a weird kind of. Not like, saying Betts would have caught it, but he would have had a better shot because Noisy was just twisting and turning, and I was like, oh brother. Yeah, noisy, noisy's time at uh, at the big leagues did not last after that game. Not that, not that it was because of that play, but uh, that's a, it was an unfortunate way for his last play uh, with the Dodgers before getting an option back to OKC. But yeah, just kind of an ugly inning all around, and then it ends up being eight to five. Like you have all the momentum in the world, tie it up five to five, and then the next inning it's eight to five, and it's just like what the hell just happened? So yeah. it was it was definitely one of those games. Uh, yeah, the positive for me was. Turner three for yeah. five, and that was huge for me. That was the biggest yeah, thing. I was, my little quick overview for the for the game was, like I mentioned, it was like rough and weird. Um, Lux had just missed three run home run. I think it was called like at the warning track. Uh, of course, Pujols was robbed of the game winner. Trina had a bad outing for the first time, and who knows how long Jansen as well. So it just felt like it was one of those games where the Dodgers were kind of destined to lose. I mean even after Barnes hit the three and home run to tie the game, as we mentioned, Pulis was robbed. So yeah. it was just one of those weird rough games all around. And it just seemed like the Dodgers weren't meant to win that one, unfortunately. However, uh, I will say that I, I loved what I saw from Mitch White that game. He located his fastball very well. Um, he was like dotting fastballs on the inside and outside corner. Um, he picked up two strikeouts. So that was very, very encouraging to see. Um, however, his next outing on Saturday didn't go as well, but um, at least there was some positives in that Friday game. Yeah, there was um random note really quickly on Trinan. That's the only that home run he gave up to Posey is only the third home run he's given up as a Dodger uh, over these last two seasons. So I thought that was pretty impressive. Second one he's given up this year. But yeah, he, he's really been on it. So I'm not really holding that one against him too much. Uh, Saturday, we had an exciting day as Dodger fans as Bellinger and McKinstry were activated from the IL. Peters and Noisy were optioned back to OKC. Unfortunately, it was just not a good game. The Dodgers lost this one 11 to 6. Uh, Urias, a very, very rough outing for him. He took the loss after going five innings pitched, 11 hits, seven runs, six earns, two walks, five strikeouts, and one home run on 82 pitches. Uh, the 11 hits given up is a career high in a game from Urias, and the seven runs allowed matches a career high for him as well. So he, he just didn't have it. I, yeah. I mean, his. I mean, at all from the, the very get go. <laughs> it was in the zone. It just was too much in the zone where the Giants hitters are like, okay, guy, we're just going to fuck this one up. And yeah, they did exactly that. Yeah, it was not good. And honestly, it it kind of felt a little decent for the Dodgers too. Like when they got Lux was hit by a pitch to lead off the game, and then Turner won out double, and so it's like, okay, cool, one oh, one oh, lead really? in the first. Something we're not really seeing much of this year, and we're like, okay, cool. And then yeah, second inning just kind of that that wasn't great. Um, lead out, he gave up four straight singles, and then they had. The ba- they had sec- they had first base open, and so they decide to walk Posey, which, like, cool, that's fine. I- Posey's been killing it this year. But then he walks Yastrzemski to bring in another run, and then it's just like, damn, dude, like, you probably should have just went after Posey at that point if you're just going to walk the next guy and bring in a home. Like, I think watching someone walk in a run might be one of the most frustrating things ever as a fan because I'm like, I'd rather you just throw it down the middle and let the guy try to hit than walk him home and make him do absolutely nothing. Um I mean, the Dodgers did try to put up a, a fight a little bit. They, Urias dropped down a nice RBI bunt in the bottom of the second to 
help him trail only by one. But then again, Solano just kind of doing his thing again, killed yeah. it two run home run. And uh, from that, from that point, it just, it, there was really no going back. They just kept scoring. They put up, what was it? Three more, um, two more, sorry, two more in the fourth inning. And it then was 11 in, in total, right? Yeah. Yeah. They won. Yeah. yeah. It was not good. They went 11 to six Dodgers kind of battled back a little bit. Bottom of the six Muncie, Muncie again, another home run. Um, and then Pujols had the RBI double, which made it a seven, four game. So that felt good. Um, and then unfortunately it just, that's when Vesia came in. I mean, white came into pitch, gave up a leadoff base good, hit. Yeah. yeah. That was not ideal. Um, and then Vesia into pitch with two outs and a runner on first and second, good not good. This is where his command has been an issue. He hits Dickerson to load the bases and then Duggar two run two out double. And that, mm-hmm. that kind of felt like a, a nail in the coffin there. Like they were, they were nine, seven to four. They had a chance to come back and then it was nine to four. Then the top of the eighth, Vessia gives it that leadoff home run to Longoria and Yuseta comes in and they gives up a Dubon sack fly. And uh, the only positive that came out of that was in the bottom of the eighth when Pujols hit his second home run with the Dodgers and career six sixty nine. So I mean that was cool. Um, and Bellinger and McKinstry were back. Not that they did anything, but that was cool. So uh, yeah, not not not. Great. I guess Bellinger took a walk. So yay. Yeah, I, I do want to say though on the Bellinger side of things. Um, there's a lot of fans that are being really, really hard on him. And I feel like what a lot of people are missing is the fact that the dude only played in four games before getting hurt. Like something that I feel like is not being paid enough attention is first of all, he didn't even play in a spring training game until March 15th because he had shoulder surgery. So not only did he miss two weeks of spring training games, he then comes starts spring training, has to redo all his tracking figure pitches out, starts the season plays four games and then can't see live pitching for another month because he's waiting to, or even more than that, month more plus, than a month, yeah, yeah, two month plus. So like these expectations of having Bellinger come back to the lineup and automatically being a threat right away, like let's chill out. Let's take a deep breath. It, no one expected him to actually come back and just start tearing it up. Like at least not any analysts or anyone that's paying very, very close attention. Um, it's going to take time. Like he started late in spring due to so- shoulder surgery, Sur- yeah. bleh, shoulder surgery, <laughs> Then he missed plays four games, like four games. He saw big league pitching. And of course, like he did okay in triple A. It's triple A. It's not the big leagues. So let's I mean, yeah, look at Rayleigh. So, I mean, it really doesn't mean all that much. Yeah. Like it's, it's one of those things that you just, you gotta give players time. Like, yeah. I mean, we literally saw it in Sun Monday's game. He played great defense. Like even just having his glove back out there has been huge. Um, for the team and allowing bets to play right field. So we don't have guys like noisy out there. So um, I think like everyone, so let's just take my a deep thing breath with on Bellinger is, so my issue is right now he's having the same issues that Lux had last year where his hands and bat just aren't in competitive positions as the ball's coming. Like it's still behind his head. And I mean, he's got fast hands, but I mean, it really doesn't matter that much when your hands aren't in competitive uh, positions. So he's swinging late at fastballs or he's swinging through them. Um, so like right now his hands just aren't ready to go. So it's going to take time to get his timing back up. Like you mentioned, he hasn't played all that much. So that's why I'm not being too hard on him, but my only issue is he, he needs to get his, his hands in more competitive positions. Otherwise it's just going to be a struggle. Yeah. And I'm guessing that's kind of what he'll figure out as he looks at 
videos a little bit more and gets going a bit. Um, but even just having his speed on the bases, his uh, all that good stuff, I think it'll, I, I think it, it's a positive. And the same thing with McKinstry, like it's going to take them a few games. McKinstry, I'm hoping, doesn't take as long. He didn't miss nearly as much time. Uh, still miss quite a bit, but hopefully they can get it going because we know how important they are. But um, maybe yeah. just kind of lower those expectations. And hopefully he belly. doesn't. Hopefully he learns how to throw again because. Yeah, that's not uh, been fun. That's, no. that's been rough out there watching him uh, play some defense. But uh, on to Sunday's game to close out the series against the Giants. Another not so great one from the starting pitcher. Kershaw took the L after going six innings pitch, gave up seven hits, five runs, five earned, three walks, six strikeouts, and 104 pitches. Uh, it got really ugly just in the top of the first. He gave up a leadoff base hit to uh Slater then Solano singled wild pitch move both runners into scoring position and Longoria RBI ground out and then Dubon two out two run home run to put the Giants up three to oh three oh to start this game out and then top of the third Slater lead off home run four zero top of the fourth uh Gosman RBI base hit so the Giants were up five to zero before the Dodgers even got their fourth ABs another day uh never really what you want and as we know, the Dodgers have been more of a fight from behind team this year. And that's exactly what they did in this one, unfortunately, a little too late. But in the bottom of the eighth, Barnes leadoff double. And then Muncie had that two out home run, uh, his 13th of the season, his 100th career home run. So congratulations to Muncie. Uh, that's 95 home runs with the Dodgers. He only had five with the A's. So dude has come over here and just absolutely killed it. Uh, like I said, nobody hates the Giants more. All this guy does is hits home runs <laughs> against the Giants. Uh, they unfortunately five to two after eight, and then the bottom of the ninth started looking pretty decent. Uh, Belly had that leadoff walk, and then Pulos had a one out, two run home run. Um, his eighth of the season, third with the Dodgers, and that was crazy. And then Will Smith got dicked. Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. 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 Um, <laughs> Just doesn't just, mean they would have won the game. It just, I think it, that just really killed all the momentum they had. Yeah. Yeah. That's happened quite a few times. I feel like this year, unfortunately. Um, and then yeah, Barnes hit a home run the night before or the two nights before, but are we expecting Barnes to hit another home run that late again? Probably no, not. No. Yeah. We've yeah. got to share some of this responsibility guys. Pull holes was robbed a home run and then hit one. So like, come on. And Muncie's hitting all the home runs. Like let's, let's all share in on this like it can't be just these two guys right now um yeah. but yeah no bottom of the ninth they got really really close like i said muncie and pulhos had those home runs uh pulhos that home run though it was his sorry i was trying to read more than one thing at once. 670 Sh shouldn't do that yeah that was six career 670 but it was also his 1,357th extra base hit of his career, passing Babe Ruth for fourth most of all time. And now he's only 20 behind Stan Musial for third. So there's a decent chance yeah, we right. could, very, very, very good chance we could see it's him break. It's always amazing to me. Back. Like, I, I, I watched, so I know, like, I'm old enough to have seen him in his prime. So, like, I know how good he was. But then every time he does something and they give the numbers, I'm just like, holy yeah. shit, he really was that goddamn good. Yeah, and Babe Ruth was playing against pitchers who weren't like that great. Like Pujols is doing, Pujols has been doing this against like way better pitching over these last 15, yeah. 20 years. So 
um pretty insane week we, we you're gonna oh, yeah. see I, I i don't consider Babe Ruth highly so that doesn't mean much no i don't either i'm actually going very high into the i don't want to hear about Babe Ruth ever again starting this year that's, i'm tired of it no other sport sits around and is obsessed with a player from 100 years before it is time to move yeah. on from Babe Ruth yeah. um i start telling people he's ass just to piss them off yeah well i, I my big thing is I, just i piss- believe tomorrow is Lou Gehrig day if you're talking about idolizing old players according no, to MLB yeah, that's fine. That's different. This is a little different. I don't want to idol. I'm tired of idolizing Babe Ruth for like doing things against pitchers a hundred years ago when like guys are out here throwing 105 and we're seeing 104, 103, whatever it is. And we're seeing like, yeah, Shohei is way more impressive. Like my biggest thing is like Shohei's going to come out, strike out Ruth on three pitches and then hit a 500 foot bomb off of him. If that's what we really want to get into (laughs) the the talent nowadays is like nothing compared to what the hell they were doing on a baseball field. said that he would strike out Babe Ruth on three pitches on three sliders. And he's probably not wrong either. Babe Ruth probably have no chance. Yeah. It's it's yeah. And Adovino is just okay. So good for you polls pass up Babe Ruth. Let's get his name further down on that leaderboard, please. And thank you. 20 behind Stan Musial for third, a uh, very, very good chance. We see him pass that because again, this is just extra base hits, not home runs. Uh, Muncie, his two out home run, as we all kind of could probably guess, he leads MLB and walks with 43, but he also leads all of baseball in OBP with a 436. That is insane. <laughs> He's reaching base like four out of more than four out of like four and a half times out of every 10. Uh, that is wild to me that he no, is doing he, that. He's been incredible. So it was like, we were all upset because he took nothing but walks. Oh, I was now pissed. he's really taking walks. Now he's really taking walks and just smoking the ball over the place. So if he can, I mean, put it all together at one time, um, it's, it's, uh, yeah. I would love I would love to know, like, I don't, I don't know how to do it. And I don't even know if they've made it capable yet, but I would absolutely love to see Max Muncy's like baseball savant numbers just for May. Cause like that dude was like just tattooing baseballs all May. Like it, it, and it hasn't stopped. Like even his outs are like, I feel bad for the fielders. Cause I'm like, dude, why don't you like, you're going to break your hand. Like to give you an idea right now, he's average exit velocity is 77th percentile, which is nuts because he sucked the first like month of the season. His barrel percentage is 94th percentile. <laughs> his slugging percentage or expected slugging is 96th percentile and his expected weighted on batting or yeah. What? Woba, his expected Woba is 99th percentile. Like this dude is just killing it all around, and his chase rate is 100th I mean, percentile. Like Jeff nobody's Davis chasing. Tells us every broadcast he leads the MLB in WAR. Yeah, like because it, he's also amazing on defense. Yeah, he's got 95, 95 outs. Well, not 95 outs above average, but 95th percentile outs about. Yeah, like that's that's wild with a hundred percentile chase rate. So like the dude's not even chasing pitches out of the zone. Like he's only swinging at pitches Rarely that he does. wants, and I love it. It's it. He's disgusting right now. He's the best, yeah. probably the one of the best hitters in baseball right now. Um, there's a couple yep. guys Along that are doing with the it, juniors. But, yeah, but yeah, he's insane. Max yeah, it's Muncy the juniors insane. and Muncy. Yep, pretty much. It's Guerrero Jr., Acuna Jr., and Tatis Jr., obviously. Yeah, but um, that M- M- Muncy's killing it. He's right now even just worth turning in for like his at bats. If you're not yeah. someone who wants to watch every minute of every game, like just watch Muncy's at bats. So it's a ton the, of fun. For the Sunday outing, real quick, I just wanted to give my like overall. So this it might not mean much to a lot of people, but for me who pays like close attention, this kind of felt like something to me so I mean the Dodgers are already down five nothing but I mean Kelly got himself in trouble then struck out back-to-back batters with fastballs 
And then Gonzalez came in and finished with a strikeout. Uh, I saw this as a positive sign just because they were able to get out of trouble that they created. So I feel like it'll be a good thing for Kelly to be like, okay, I got out of trouble, but now I know I can get out of it. So I saw that as, as a pretty positive thing. And also this Sunday outing was the one that I really liked from Vessia. You mentioned his numbers earlier. Uh, so there's a lot to like in the 13 strikeouts over nine and two thirds. Nice. The average against is pretty good. And again, the most problematic thing is he's walked 11 in 10 innings, in almost 10 innings. Uh, so that's not going to get it done. Um, but I was encouraged by the last outing against the Giants. So, you know, maybe that'll get him going, but he definitely has potential. Like I, you mentioned, I didn't know that, but the swing and miss in the strike zone is very, that's very wild. Good. Yeah. That's wild. Yeah. Uh, 72%, like his stuff's pretty nasty. If he's so, in the zone, throw the ball in the zone my guy. you're good. Yeah. So a uh, positive note there for Dodger fans who I know aren't the biggest fans of him. And then moving on to the last game of well, since we record our last podcast, but it's last night's game. The Dodgers picked up that win nine to four. Uh, I expected a little bit of more of a pitchy matchup with Bauer and Flaherty, two LA guys. Uh, Bauer picked up the win six and three, six and two thirds innings pitch, gave up five hits, four runs, three earned, one walk, five strikeouts, three home runs, 94 pitches. It was a quality start. Um, just not, not his best outing. He did say he felt sick before his outing. Um, which like, I mean, sucks, but I kind of feel like a lot of players deal with that kind of shit. And like, you just go out there and you play and it happens. And like, if you suck, you suck. He did acknowledge he's given up too many home runs though. About 40% of his hits he's giving up for home runs. So I don't know necessarily how much I care about that. If you're not walking guys and you're not giving up a bunch of hits, like if he's giving up one or two home runs a game and they're solo shots. It's really not that big of a deal in my mind. Um, but obviously that's not what happened last night. Uh, it, yeah. Thanks Zach. Yeah. Yeah. That like, that's where that can't comes into play is like, that's when that stuff hurts when you give up those home runs after. But see, like, there, there's a, another thing that was so like, I know Carlson's obviously going to be the earn run because he hit the home run. But my thing is, Without the air, there's no body on base, and the Which pitch changes how he's much yeah. different. So maybe the I mean maybe there still is a home run, maybe there's not. So I get why it's still, wind up stuff too. I, I still get why there's an earned run, but at the same time, it's kind of like well, he, we really don't know how that at bat would have resulted had there not been an air. But yeah, so um, that one didn't so, count against him. That run didn't go down. I mean, he gave yeah, up the home Carlson run, still but yeah, does, yeah, though, yeah, yeah. So that's my only thing. But so here's here's what I want to say about that. Okay, so. I feel like second inning on for the Astros game, he was very efficient. He was efficient again this game. Um, however, the hard hit balls resulted in home runs this time. Was like, like he was much more in the zone than I had seen him before. And obviously, as we saw, it cost him some. Um, three earned runs and six into the innings. It's not awful, but it's not great either. Um, so that's two straight games where he's mostly in the zone and he's given up five home runs. Um, so everybody may hate how inefficient he is, but he's very effective in his inefficiency, if that makes sense. Um, when he's been efficient the last two, they haven't really gone as planned. Um, so there's going to need to be a balance where, you know, he goes after his strikeouts while also being semi-efficient in the zone. Um, he's always had command issues, and command issues doesn't always mean walks. It means missing spots. Um, and he threw he went into Justin Williams' hot zone and Tyler O'Neill's hot zone, and they hit bombs. And uh, Carlson, Carlson just picked up the uh, breaking ball from jump. You can I rewatched the replay like five or six times, 
immediately when Bowen was releasing, you saw Carlson's eyes go up and then down, and he just dropped the bat head right in the zone. Uh, so that was a great piece of hitting by Carlson. Um, so I don't know, like, I probably would rather have him be inefficient through six innings, throwing 100 plus pitches and only giving up zero or one run than what I saw last night. But that might be just me. No, I think I, I'm sure most people would feel that. I mean, 94 pitches and giving up three earned runs through six and two thirds, like it's still a quality start, but it's also kind of like, the, hey. The thing is, he, he would have been more efficient had, again, McKinstry not made the air in the first inning because then he had to face more batters and he ended up throwing like 20 pitches, whereas he was almost done at like 13 or 14. So yeah, he did have two <sighs> errors that game that yeah. made Bauer throw some more pitches. So also Bauer struck out Arenado twice and Arenado doesn't strike out all that much. So that was nice. Yeah, but the strikeouts have went down when he's been efficient in the zone as well. So I, I don't know. When he's inefficient, he gets more strikeouts. When he's efficient in the zone, he doesn't get as many strikeouts. So again, there, he needs to find a balance and have better command. But command has always been an issue, especially if he's now using stuff. His command is really probably going to be worse. So I don't know. It's a yeah. it's a weird position. It's not a horrible outing by any means. I just like no. whenever I see him out there, I'm like, oh, he could have a chance of going like no hit for six, seven innings before yeah. giving up whatever. And so it's just it's interesting. And he was doing he was doing that besides Edmund in the first, but he was really cruising. Yeah, and he was. And I was watching the game and I was like, Oh damn, he must have turned into the podcast last week where I said, Hey Bowers, start being <laughs> more efficient because we need it from you. And he was, and then and then, yeah, they started hitting the ball. So that's my yeah, only thing. So I guess, yeah. I mean, if, if being inefficient means we're going to get like six to seven innings of one run, then just be inefficient. Like, I'll take that any day. Yeah. It's fine. Because let's be honest, the Dodgers are probably going to blow his arm as much as they can because he's probably not going to be here after 2022. No. So get, get your innings out of that $40 million arm if he's willing to give them to you. Yeah. Um, one thing that happened in this game and like, may not even matter, may not be a big deal, but as we know, like hit by pitches are up this year by a lot. Uh, pitchers just, they're hitting guys a lot more, whether it's the new ball, whether it's, they're just trying to throw hard and that's, it's coming out of their hands, whatever. Um, but Betts was hit by a pitch to lead off the inning in the very, in the first inning. Um, that was the sixth time this season that he's been hit. And the most ever that he has been hit was eight in 2018, which yes, was his MVP year. Um, however, I'm starting to wonder if these hit by pitches have any effect on what Mookie's doing this year, because in 2018, like I said, he got hit eight times and it was his MVP year. However, this far into the season at that point, he'd only been hit three times. He's now been hit six times and we are only two months into the season. We've seen him take multiple off the elbows, off the arms. Um, I don't know if this is contributing to his struggles, but when you're constantly taking pitches off your elbow, your front elbow, I've got to assume that it's going to take a beating on you. It's also probably like we've seen Mookie jump out of the way of a lot of pitches this year. Um, and that that's tough on guys. Like I'm wondering if this has anything, I don't think it's a, like a big deal thing as like, Oh my God, this is the reason why Betts is like struggling to get more started to do with his back and shoulder than being hit by pitch. Yeah. And I think it might too. I just found it really interesting. Like what we see it does to players when they're constantly getting hit, especially someone like Betts who wasn't wearing an elbow guard until he finally got hit in that game in Seattle. And now he wears an elbow guard. Okay. So it's it might like, take some time to get used to. So that might be a thing. Cause I know uh, Jose Abreu said he doesn't wear an elbow guard cause it just doesn't feel comfortable. Huh. And so he'll take the hits on the elbow, 
But I was so watching a White Sox game. Yeah. So I was watching a White Sox game and, and they were mentioning how Jose Abreu said he doesn't like the elbow guard because it just doesn't feel comfortable. And when he wears it, he, he just can't get his swing going. So he just doesn't wear it at all. So there could be I an mean, adjustment period. For him. Yeah. Yeah. So I, yeah, I just, I thought it was interesting. But also his shoulder. Yeah. I think his shoulder is a big reason a part of it. You saw with Rios. Oh, especially his front shoulder. Like there's been yeah. no power from Mookie this year. Yeah. Um, I mean, they're a little bit. Lots but, of doubles. Yeah. Um, I mean, hey, last night's game, though, were some positive signs in the Mookie world. He reached base four times. So much better last night than I've seen this season. Going opposite way. So that's always a beautiful thing. Uh, If he gets going, I don't think there's any doubt that this offense in general will just take off because Mookie's kind of just like the leader on this team when it comes to that. When it's like we saw last year, when he gets on base, he finds a way to make things happen, he scores. Uh, I think he's a big part of this. I think he's like one of the main pieces to this offense uh, being what we expect them to be. And so if they can get him going, that would be great. Lux and Taylor are killing it. Last night, they went back to back to give the Dodgers an early 2-0 lead. Um, They're just, I mean, they're doing their thing. Lux and Taylor last night basically carried the team for the most part with what they did. There's some impressive at-bats. That sixth inning at-bat from Taylor might've been like one of the coolest things I've seen in quite some time. And one of the most impressive at bats I've taken with like the, with the outcome being a basis clearing double, like 14 that, pitches. That was that bat of the year. Yeah. There's no question about it. Even without the hit, I was literally sitting in bed like, okay, well, one, I, this, I am now a Chris Taylor stand and two, <laughs> this is a remarkable at bat. And then he came through with the double and I was just sitting here hype um I, I there's not enough good things I can say about Chris Taylor the way okay I don't want to keep bringing this up because I don't want to seem like a hater but just for context purposes the way people felt about Kike is how I feel about Chris Taylor the way people feel about Kike is how people should feel about Taylor it, like it's Facts. not even Thank you. it's not yeah. even like like the amount of people who were all over Kike and like barely gave Taylor some love like I found that very interesting because Taylor was above and beyond. He just, he do doesn't have much of a personality, but that's fine. I don't need you to have a personality. <laughs> yeah. I don't need you to have a personality. If you can you produce, just do what baseball. you need to do. Yeah. Like, I don't, exactly. I don't care, dude. Um, another big thing like that, which is, which is big because I feel like as Dodger fans, we're always like, Oh, the Dodgers loaded the bases and did nothing. What a Dodger thing to do. However, when Taylor unloaded the bases last night, that was, the Dodgers now have 74 RBIs. So, so yeah, 74 RBIs with the bases loaded, which leads MLB. So um, they are absolutely showing up this year. I mean, eight of those RBIs belong to Gavin Lux and like eight of them belong to like Matt Beatty. But um, they are, they're finding ways to get it done with the bases loaded. And that is something I feel like we are not used yeah. to seeing as Dodger fans. Uh, so that has been fantastic. Yeah. Uh, also, I wanted to say that Lux had like the quintessential power hitters game yesterday with two home runs, two strikeouts. Um, although the Flaherty strikeout was highly questionable, but that's neither here nor there. It was low and way outside, but it's all right. Yeah, that's just the umpire thing. I feel like it's just going to get worse. So at this point, like you kind of got to either, you're either going to strike out or you're going to find a way to do your take, thing. You take got- the strikeout. I don't want you to swing at that. That's fine. I'll yeah, take, I'll be perfectly fine if you don't swing at that stupid shit. Just take the strikeout. I know people can be like, "Well, no, you got to, you got to protect." And I'm like, "Nah, I don't want them." Eventually, them eventually, we're gonna see robot umpires anyway. So if you've got a good eye, don't start changing your adjustment at the plate. It'll it'll pay off. So just please like, don't do what you need to do. I would much rather you do that than you 
get bad habits and swinging at bad pitches. Yeah, like Muncie, Muncie held on to his good habits and after a month of like struggling, it's paying off for him. So uh, yeah, just stick, stick to what you're stick, doing. Stick it with works. It, yeah. Uh, but top of the seventh, O'Neal had that one out home run against the Cardinals. That made me feel a little bit eh. I was feeling really, really good about this game. But then, of course, uh, Gavin Lux came in and did his thing and hit that solo home run to get the run right back and give the Dodgers seven to four lead. And then Taylor freaking killed it last night. Another <laughs> double. Amazing. Uh, Beatty came in, two out pinch it, RBI eight to four and then like we like talked I've been about saying baby's good in those positions just keep him there it's funny as soon as that happened last night i tweeted out and i said i think i'm actually a big fan of Beatty the bench player because yep. he's useful when he comes up in those situations when you need him not just like randomly filled into the lineup because when he was yep. filled into the lineup he just unfortunately was not looking nearly as good uh as a pinch hitter he has been fantastic and then like we mentioned bets his rbi double uh two out rbi double came up drove in a run and went the opposite way. So that was beautiful and nice to see. So kind of just some positive signs of guys kind of figuring out, getting it going. Uh, Muncie with his sixth inning double extends his on base streak to 20 games. So he's just on a different planet right now. Nobody's keeping up with him. Bellinger looked really, really good on defense in that game. Uh, he made some leaping, jumping catches out there in the outfield. So that made me happy. Very, very happy to see that out there. But um on Bellinger, uh, I don't think Yadier Molina had any hits, but he was smoking the ball. Yeah, yesterday. he was. Yeah, he's apparently he came into this year and said like his goal is to just swing the bat as hard as he can, and it's working out very well for him. Uh, he's and having he, a pretty solid also, year. Yeah, they also mentioned that he changed his uh, stance, so he's already preset. So that way, like his shoulders already closed, he's already kind of in his swinging position. He just needs to swing the bat, and it's working out for him when you're already a first ballot hall of famer and you've already got everything locked in and you don't know if you're going to play anymore, like just go out there and swing the bat as hard as you can and see what happens. And it's, that's what he's doing. And it's working. Like he's having yeah. a really solid season. Um, never, ever, ever liked Yachty strictly for the reason that he's just always kicked our ass ton of respect for the guy, but uh, I will, I will be happy the day he is no longer running all over the Dodgers and throwing guys out and making it look incredibly easy. Um, yeah. But yeah, that, that was a good first game against the Cardinals. I, I feel like, like I said, we kind of just have this history with the Cardinals where we never know which way it's going to go. That game felt really good. Uh, enjoyed it. Didn't have too much stress except for that seventh inning when O'Neill hit that yeah. home run, got a little nervous. But outside of that, uh, I, I was enjoying it. Yeah. Um, Bellinger and McKinstry, not so hot since their return. Bellinger's 0 for 10. Uh, he has scored three runs because he's walked three times, but he struck Walked, out yeah. seven. Uh, McKintree since returning 0 for 9 with only one walk and four strikeouts. So again, I don't expect an it to stay that walk way. walk at that. So yeah, uh, yeah, I don't expect it to. He was in that, that DJ way. Peters position where it's like, oh, we rather face the pitcher, so we're just going to intentionally walk you. Yeah, it'll it'll get better. Um, I, I'm looking forward to kind of seeing how they do with a whole week of games under their belts. Roberts says that Bellinger's playing every game, like he's not getting not it through since coming back so like he's expected to play tonight and tomorrow they have an off day on thursday he so uh he'll get a swing back and they'll get going but hey if but, mookie yeah. keeps doing what he's doing um bellinger can take his time because they were so, producing uh, without him yeah i wanted to run down a few things just from the stars and then position players so um kershaw's last six starts kind of have felt similar to what julio was doing earlier this year he'd have a good start followed by a bad one so like the cup start was terrible the Angels one was a good one. The Marlins one was awful. The D-backs one was all right. The Astros one was beautiful. 
and then the Giants one wasn't good. So, I mean, hopefully Kershaw can find that consistency again because Kershaw in May has been hit or miss. In the month of May, his ERA is almost five in 31 innings. Uh, that's not going to get it done. His ERA in April in 38 innings was 2.09. So let's hope June is more resembles uh, April than May. Um, Julio's May ERA is high because he had two really bad starts, obviously the Giants, and then again against the Angels. 11 earned runs in those 10 innings in those two games. Um, but for the other four starts, five runs in 26 and two-thirds innings. So he's really got to limit how bad his bad outings are. So, like, if his bad outings are what Bauer did yesterday, it'll be a lot better than you know, what we've seen those two bad starts. Um, Bueller had a really, really good month of May. Eerie of 2.18 in 33 innings pitched. Um, the strikeouts haven't been there like we're used to, but he's preventing runs, and that's the most important thing. Um, he had a really good outing against the Giants. You know, six innings only gave him that one run, only three hits. Uh, the walk's definitely an issue, but again, he's preventing runs from scoring, so that's the most important thing. Um, Bauer in the month of May had an ERA of 1.98 and 36 in the third innings pitched. Eight earned runs all month, and five of those came in the last two starts. Um, so good from, uh, Bauer the first half, not so good when he's been, like we mentioned in the zone more, but I mean, just the pitchers are going to have these stretches where they just kind of have like rough outings. So like, they're going to have rough patches where the starters are just going to have these blocky games that they're not pitching well. I mean, they've pretty much carried this team throughout the season to start with. So we, we can't really expect them to be perfect all year long. So, um, I mean, it's frustrating, but it'll pass. It's just a little, it's a little rough spot. Uh, they'll obviously be better because we know how good they actually can be. So nothing really to worry about there. I don't think, um, the hitters for the week though, bets was three for 19. That's one fifty-eight. Um, yeah, not great, but you know, two of his three hits were extra base hits. So that's good. Also, like you mentioned, his swing looked a lot better last night than previous before. So I guess that should help. Um, we mentioned Max Money once he has carried this offense this month. He's hitting 330 with an OPS oh, Jesus, of 1154. Um, <laughs> he's just been like on a completely different level this month. And it's been much needed with like no Bellinger, no Seeger, no Pollock. Um, he, he's really just in his zone right now. I mean, the past week, he's six for Six for 26, was only 214, but he did have three home runs. So I mean, obviously we'll take that. Uh, Turner was much better. Eight for 27, 296. Uh, he was finally getting it going again. His swing looks better. It looks like he's found his timing again after a little rough patch. So he's put some really good swings on the ball, and that's really all you can ask for. You already went over Bellinger, and I, I gave you my issues with him. Um, Will Smith, um, I, I, he's, he's been good this month. Still struggling with runners in scoring position. Um, I think he at one point he was hitting like in the mid hundreds. Now it's in the low two hundreds. So slight improvement. But um, this past week he was four for eighteen, which is two twenty two, only one RBI, which was that bases loaded walk last night. And all his hits have been singles. Um, there, there's no better hitter on the Dodgers with runners in scoring position than Chris Taylor. Uh, he's been the Dodgers' most clutch hitter. Um, so. While everyone's saying that we need to extend Corey Seager, uh, we need to extend Chris Taylor, I, I can't understate how important his versatility is to this team because he can play all different positions and he can actually hit. 
um, he and Muncie have been the most fun to have been the most fun Dodgers to watch. And I, I don't think there's an argument for anyone else. Even when he's been in a little bit of a funk, he, he still got hits when it mattered the most uh, this past week, seven for 24, 292. And again, he's just driven in runs because he hits with uh, runners in scoring position. Uh, Luck started the month really hot. Uh, wasn't So he wasn't getting the hits in the Astros and Giants series, but he was putting really good swings on the ball which is a far cry from what he was doing previously in, in April where he really wasn't having good swings. So um, as a whole, a really solid month for Lux, um, capped, off, capped off by two home run game last night. He finished the month hitting 286 with an OPS at 836. That would definitely get it done. Uh, if he can stay between 270, 290 with an OPS over 800, that would definitely play and will work. I'll take that every single time. I think he's in a really good spot right now. Um, Past week, again, it wasn't all that great. Four for 24, 167. But again, he put really good swings on the ball. And three of his four hits were for extra bases, a double in uh, the two home runs. So, and then there's Pujols. Pujols is showing you exactly why he's going to be a a big back contributor off the bench the last few games. The last two games, three for eight, two home runs, five RBIs. So, and again, the energy he brings, everybody seems to love being around him. And I think he's showing you guys exactly why. Uh, he's going to be a big right-handed bat off the bench uh, later on this year, especially when everybody's healthy. Yeah, uh, I agree. So that's the rundown on this players of the last week slash last month and how they've been doing. Let's hope we see even better numbers for a lot of these guys come June. Uh, very quick on the injury updates. First things first, let's go with Gonsolin. He started on Friday. Uh, first 11 batters, no issues before walking a guy and then giving up back-to-back home runs. He went three and two-thirds innings pitch, two hits, three earns, four Ks, one walk on 55 pitches. But the good news is he is expected to make one more start on Thursday. And if all goes according to plan, he's expected to join the rotation next week in Pittsburgh. They want to get five innings or 70 pitches. So as soon as we get Gonsolin back, it is going to be a major, major, major boost for the bullpen, which means no more bullpen games, which means we save those arms for important moments instead of having to use them uh, for nine innings. So I'm looking forward to that. AJ Pollock currently rehabbing in Rancho is expected to travel with the team to Atlanta and be activated there over the weekend. Gratterall threw to hitters on Friday and he was hitting 94 to 98 on the gun. His first rehab assignment was last night, Monday, and he went one inning and got two ground outs and a fly out on 11 pitches, uh, but he did only throw five strikes. Nelson threw a bullpen session this weekend and is throwing the hitters today, Tuesday, and he could be uh, activated either this weekend in Atlanta or next week in Pittsburgh. And then Seager doing conditioning at Dodger Stadium along with taking grounders and swings with one hand. However, they are unsure of when he can start taking two-handed swings, Uh, but he is no longer having to wear the splint 24 hours a day. So that is a positive sign. And hopefully we see him out there very, very soon. Um, Dodgers have been one of the teams hit the most with IL stints this year. And so they are getting them back. I think Pollock, every single one of these guys I mentioned, Gonsolin, Pollock, Gratterall, Nelson, and Seager are all important to this team. And the fact that we could have literally all of them back within, I mean, Seager's going to be the longest, probably another month or so. But the fact we could have those four other guys back in the next week or two is massive. Very, very big. Uh, so I'm looking forward to that. Can't wait for them to be healthy. And then very quickly for our series look ahead, like we mentioned, we got today, got the second game against the Cardinals with Price versus Gant tomorrow, finish off that series against the Cardinals with Bueller versus Martinez, no game on Thursday, Friday, we are at the Braves Saturday 
and Sunday, all at the Braves. None of the pitchers have been started. So we have got five games before the next recording. Um, I'm feeling really good. I think the Dodgers might split the next two with the Cardinals take one, um, lose one. And then I, the Braves have not been good at all. So I easily, I mean, they could go in and sweep that series or they could take two out of three, but um, I, I think the Dodgers could go a nice three and two. Doesn't sound like much, but I will take it a nice three and two over the next week of games, maybe even four and one, uh, depending on what they do in Atlanta. So um, that's where yeah, I'm I at. There's a lot to be positive about, but they also really haven't played good baseball either. And I mean, you mentioned the Braves haven't played good baseball, but I, they'll get up for that series because most people get up for the series against the Dodgers, regardless if they're playing bad or not. Um, three and two sounds about right. I'll take I can go it. Three and two. Yeah, yeah, I'll take it. Not a bad one. Um, but with that said, if you want to lead us into the minor league minute yeah. and then Ray can finish us off. <clears throat> so real quickly, we'll get into the, the minor leagues. Um, Michael Bush got prospect team of the week honors for second base. Um, this week he hit 318 with four doubles, a home run, three RBIs and three walks. He's still striking out a lot um, on the season, but his on-base percentage is almost 400, which is really, really good. Um, his OPS, which is on-base plus slugging, is 943, which again, really, really good. So coming in, people thought Bush thought of Bush as uh, Max Muncy without all the strikeouts. And so far, he's pretty much just been Max Muncy because he's striking out a lot. Uh, but he also takes his, walk and, takes his walks and hits for power. Um, I think at this point, we would all take another Max Muncy, right? So, and then we get to... Diego Cartaya, who was called up to uh, low A Rancho Cucamonga this past week, um, he had an incredible week. He reached base in eight of his first 12 plate appearances. And then for the week, he hit 412 with two doubles, two home runs, seven RBIs, and two walks. He OPS at over 1,300. Um, his week even included a walk-off grand slam in his final game of the week. Um, so anyone that follows the Dodgers prospects has heard about Cartaya for years now. He's currently ranked sixth in the Dodger organization. We've heard great things uh, about him. And so far he's showing exactly why he's like so highly regarded. Uh, podcast favorite Bobby Miller actually pitched twice this week. Incredible. Um, so that in itself was nice to see. We, we uh, So like, I know they said they were like slow playing him, but sometimes he wouldn't even pitch for, for a while. Uh, but he pitched five and a third innings this week, two appearances, two appearances, five and a third innings um, combined. He gave up four hits, two earned runs, struck out five and walked three and hit a batter. So his command was a little off, but all in all, not a bad week. Uh, just some things that needed to be cleaned up. And again, it was nice to see him pitch twice on five days rest because after his first outing, he went 15 days until he pitched again. And then after a second outing, he went nine days. So really nice to see him finally, you know, pitch when he's supposed to on regular rest. Uh, Andy Page, who's also a top 10 prospect, had his best week of the year. He hit 316, three home runs, nine RBIs. Still striking out a ton, but um, he, he has put together some nice swings over the past 10 or so days. He's still only 20 years old, and he has the best throwing arm in the system uh, since Verdugo. Like, I know Verdugo wasn't that long ago, but what I'm trying to say is, much like Doogie, Page has a fucking cannon. I mean, the throws <laughs> I've seen him make from right field to third base are just absolutely incredible. Sometimes he's even off balance. And it's still a rocket right on the money. So um, that's also never impressive. underestimate how much fun an outfield assist is. Like 
that is one like I'm not yeah. sure many other plays really get me hyped up like someone throwing out especially on a line or like a perfect one hopper like the one I think about a lot is Bellinger throwing out I think it might have been Carlos Gomez at third base on Memorial yeah. Day against the Mets like that to me I still remember standing up at that game and just being like holy shit what did I just see because that was so cool I don't know I just love stuff like that so I hope uh, he does well so we can see that in the big leagues. I don't know how it's going to translate because he's going to have to play left field because, I mean, obviously Mookie has right field on lock. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Good run his on cannon him. is his cannon. Cannon from left field. <laughs> so, maybe we'll see some uh, Yohan Cespedes throws where, you know, he's throwing runners out of the plate. Gets the guy at first or gets a guy first, too yeah, far off uh, first. Cespedes had a cannon as well. And then lastly, uh, Andre Jackson went five innings. Um, so the pitchers in double-A have been on a strict four-inning max limit. So it was nice to see them allow uh, Jackson to go five. He gave up two hits in those five innings, one run on a home run and struck out seven. Um, so very encouraging after like two back-to-back rocky outings. Uh, it was nice to see him dominate this time out, uh, locating his fastball very well and utilizing his changeup and breaking pitches. Um, he's someone I was excited about during a spring training just for his hair. Now I'm excited about how he, how he pitches. <laughs> Awesome. Well, that's it for your minor league minute. And Ray, if you want to finish us off with MLB news. Kind of a crappy news week this week. I'll yes, start off with is. probably the biggest story. Uh, Marcelo Zuna, who yep. has two broken fingers and is out for six weeks, will be out for much longer because he was arrested in Georgia on felony Wait, aggravated assault mm-hmm. by strangulation and battery against his wife. He strangled his wife? Yeah, he threw her against the wall and struck oh, her with shit. the cast that he has on. Uh, also, Mickey Callaway has been banned by MLB through at least 2022. He's also been officially fired after it was just a matter of time. Before fuck he... both those guys. Yes. Uh, injury Thank news. God, the Dodgers didn't get Ozuna then. Good yeah, Lord. no kidding. Yeah. Uh, injury news. Corey Kluber is out two months with a shoulder strain. And he start after his no hitter. He left after three innings with shoulder tightness. Uh, Luke Voigt also has a grade two oblique strain for the Yankees. who will be out. He's been hurt all year, hasn't time. he? Yes, he started with a meniscus tear mm-hmm. he just oh, came back like two weeks yeah. like a he's week or 12, two he's played 12 games so far. yeah bryce harper Jeez. is on the 10 day io with a form contusion that's kind of stemmed from an old uh, hit by pitch kind of dealing with all the shoulder soreness this is a funny one zach plesak is on the 10 day il he fractured his thumb while taking off his shirt in the locker room How that happened f- last tuesday he was i guess he got off. caught on a chair according to francona yeah he was like angrily taking off his shirt so that's i think he fun. smacked it on a chair or something it's just yeah i got yeah. caught something like that and then the last bit we'll open this up to like discussion josh Donaldson, he has hinted at a video exposing pitchers using foreign substances and also of note he scored the two millionth run in mlb history this past week but so i saw this about donaldson having a bombshell like video i guess we all just gotta wait till it comes out to see what happens because there's been other sticky stuff happening this week with the Gallegos thing on the mm-hmm. Cardinals, Joe Westcombs getting his hat. I mean, what do you guys think of like what could Donaldson possibly reveal in this? I um, I don't think anything that we already don't know. Yeah, it's my thing. Yeah, yeah, because he can't have any type of video. Like he doesn't have any special video that we don't already see on TV. He just might like. It's not like he has like some behind the scenes video. Like he's probably pulling MLB footage where you see a guy go into his hat or his hand gets stuck in his glove whatever it may be. And so my guess is what's going to happen is it's just going to draw more. It's going to force MLB to have to talk about it because a player is now talking about it versus media or Joe West. So I think if anything, it's just putting pressure on MLB to acknowledge it. 
Um, I also think it's going to put a giant target on Donaldson's back, but I don't think Donaldson cares. Like I think Donaldson plays with that fire. He does not care. He will fight you. So it doesn't matter. Like, I think he might be the perfect kind of guy to do this. Um, I don't like the Joe West thing because I think it can run into pitchers being singled out by umpires. Um, I think MLB needs to take it. Like if you're going to do it, you need to figure it out across the whole board, not go, Hey, umpires, you pick out guys you think, or maybe like have something noticeable just because I think you can run into a lot of issues, but that's kind of where I'm at. Uh, if, if he does it, I think it's going to be super interesting and I'm going to want to like watch all of his at bats. Cause I can't imagine pitchers are going to be very happy about that. Yeah. As far as like his actual video thing, I, personally don't care but the aftermath i definitely care about because i think it's going to be fun yeah so um yeah we'll, we'll see but i think mlb kind of put themselves in a hole by saying hey we're gonna test and then never actually doing anything with that info or telling yeah, took bowers baseballs which probably definitely had stuff on there yeah didn't do anything with them yeah. So we'll, we'll see what happens. I I'm starting to hear more and more stuff and like the cement stick, sticky stuff they're using. And it starts to make me wonder, like, maybe is that like my boyfriend brought it up? Like, is that why there's a blister problem in MLB? Because they are literally finding skin from players stuck on the ball. It's like just like ripping off. Yeah. They're finding when they're testing the balls, they are finding particles of skin still on the ball. So is that why Bueller, Bueller. guys like Bueller Hill yeah. <laughs> all have blister issues? Like, are they using that super sticky shit that's pulling their skin off? Hill's maybe. been fantastic too. <laughs> yeah. Like maybe, but it's a bigger, it's a way bigger issue than that, that baseball is going to have to address. And I have a feeling that'll be happening. I don't think it happens during the season. Cause I think you're asking for too much trouble. Um, but I have a feeling that's going to, they're going to figure something out. They really just need to legalize rosin pine tar sunscreen and then test for everything else. Like that's like, let make that stuff legal and then just test everything else. And then there you go. You give pitchers the sticky stuff that batters have said they don't care about. And then it allows yeah. you to start going after like this crazy shit that some of these other players are doing. Yeah. So that's where I stand with it. Um, but I think uh, just I, we're almost done, but just real fast. I just just very quickly. So th- I've seen this conversation floated around uh, different platforms. But who do you guys think the face of baseball is? Tatis Jr. I think MLB it, social media certainly thinks that. That's that's my thing. I think they're pushing him the most. It doesn't I, mean he's necessary. Uh, yeah, that's that's how I go with it. Uh, I think Tatis is looked at it as the face of baseball. I I one hundred percent. Although what he's done the last week since coming off the IL, it's hard to ignore that. But I do think someone like Acuna can give him a run for his money once uh, Tatis kind of comes back down to earth. And Acuna, if he just produces a way everyone's used to Acuna producing. I just think uh, Tatis has a little bit more flair to his stuff and he does a little bit more defensively, although he can be awful at defense too. Uh, But he has... His defense is... um... Yeah, but like he has it's because those, he, like, he has all the tools and, and talent. Stuff. Yeah, and he's also super flexible. Like I don't know how he yeah. moves. Yeah, that like way. how he or like hey. that that tag at second base. Like I don't know if you guys saw that. How he like just didn't oh, get yeah. tagged at second base against the Cubs. That was so weird. Yeah. Or getting out of the way for a pitch and doing the splits. Like I just think he yeah. he brings more. Where like Acuna is just like holy shit, dude. Like you're stealing, you're hitting bombs, you're crushing it. So uh, it, Acuna it also has helps. swag though. He 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 celebrates a lot. It yeah. might not be as like much flair as Tatis because Tatis makes it known, but Tatis is much more dramatic in everything that he does. Yeah. Yeah. It's also the fact that the Padres are a better team. So they're just Tatis is getting more attention all around. Yeah. Tatis watched a pitch. 
Pretty good last year too, though. Yeah, they were. Yeah, I think baseball in general kind of sucked last year, just the way they did everything with the pandemic. It just lost a lot of attention, unfortunately, the way MLB handled everything. Um, Yeah, but like Tatis had a home run yesterday and they were losing like five to one. It took him 10 seconds to get to first base. And I'm just like, bro, what are we doing here? Like it is the sixth or seventh inning. You're at an away game and you watched a ball for 10 seconds before you touch first base. Like it was a five to one game. You made it five to two. And I'm just like, he's starting to watch every home now home run for like eight to 10 seconds before he gets to first base. And I'm just like, bro, come on. Like you're, you're, you might be like, I don't want to sound like a guy yelling at clouds, but I'm just like, save the whole stop and stare for like those big moments, because then it makes it really dope. Like if you're doing it every home run you're really taken away from what's fun about those moments when you stop and stare and admire like a big home run but like the bat flips the swag chain like i'm all for it go for it have fun i think it's great i think tatis has fun uh, somebody i think somebody who works for john boy or or something who was complaining about dante pichette uh pimping out a home run that barely made it over oh uh pichette yeah 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 sort of like went to i think i was watching that game he went to like bat flip it kind of put his hands in the air he really like oh that might not get out and then it yeah. did get out and yeah, then I, judge judge cranked crushed, one, yeah. 440 dead center and yeah. then he was like oh like, well, judge just ran around the bases and yeah, i'm like that's a okay judge so judge is boring congratulations well yeah. they're also yankee fans so yeah <laughs> they're the john, cool, john boy people are mean, yankee fans like, so. no i'm all for it i don't know if it was somebody on john boy i think it might have been just a Yankee fan. I would, I would rather if, if I was Aaron Judge and I hit a fucking five hundred foot home run, I am pimping the shit out of well, me. I'm like throwing like, my bat into the crowd. Like I'm bat flipping it so hard, the bat's going into the crowd. Like I'm just throwing it I over my head. I am Anderson that shit. Yeah, yeah. T- the the Yankees, the Yankees are boring. Let's just say that right now. That organization is horrible. It's stupid. I can't wait for a player to say fuck you. I'm not shaming. Hair. Yeah, exactly. I can't wait for a player that's, <laughs> that's good enough to come in and say, like, Garrett Cole was that guy that could have just been in and went, like, nah, sorry, dog, nah. I'm not shaving. Like, you could have you could have gone in with that huge contract and go, I dare you to tell me to shave my beard or you're not going to. Like, like we're not in the military. This isn't the 50s, 60s, 70s anymore. Like, let's move on from that stupid thing. Like, no. Give me the tattoos, yes. the chains, the hair. I don't care. Yes. Give it all to me. Like, Let have baseball fun. have fun. Good Lord. Yeah, the Yankees just suck. Uh, general as a team yeah, yeah. and just as an organization i don't care for them they're boring uh, yeah uh, that's all i wanted to know just but, trying to figure out what, what other people think about who the face of baseball is yeah i think my I mean, thing was that they show tatis more than anybody else but they also have asked the players and the players have also said it's tatis so i think that kind of doesn't yeah. help that part of things i mean it makes sense i don't i don't mind it but i think someone like acuna or even vladdy could give them the uh run no, it, if mlb it's, helped it's max muncie and vladdy jr Hey, take it. <laughs> thick boys. Thick boys are thick the stars of this league. Let's yep. go. Those are your face. <laughs> but uh perfect. Then with that, that is the end of this podcast. Another long one. Uh we appreciate you guys for sticking through and listening. Thank you to all the new listeners who have been coming our way. As always, don't forget to hit that subscribe button, like if you listen on YouTube, follow wherever podcast app you may get that. Um you can find us on social at Dodger Yard on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Check out our YouTube channel. Go subscribe to that. We're trying to do a lot more content there. You can find me at Randy underscore Radcliffe on Instagram and Twitter. And you can go to allmylinks.com slash Konu, K-O-N-U, and find my social medias on there. You can follow me on Twitter at Stingray417. And 
like I said, make sure you guys check out dodgeryard.com to check out that Father's Day contest as we have that up and going. And we will catch you guys next week, hopefully after a good uh, series win against these Cardinals and then take it to the Braves and Atlanta. But other than that, we hope you guys have a good rest of your night, morning, afternoon, whenever it is you listen to this. And we shall catch you guys next week. See you later, guys. See you later, guys. <laughs>